everybody, and welcome to another episode of Radio Gripe. I am one half of your host. I am Joe. I'm Jen. And this is our general discussion show where we like to do all kinds of things. Uh, if you listened last week, last couple of weeks, then you heard us talking a whole lot about movies and all the great creatures and monsters and stuff that are in them and a lot of the great people. We're kind of getting back to the traditional format this week where we're just going to talk shit about the real life horrors of the world, kind of go over some news and stuff, but uh, I got a few fun things too, so don't worry, it's not all uh, doom and gloom and the whole thing. Joe, could you say the M word again one more time? Could I say what? The M word. M word? That you just said. Creatures and what now? Monsters. One more time. Monsters. <laughs> okay, fine. Monsters? What do you want me to say? <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I was going to invite our listening audience to uh, write in if you think that Joe pronounces monsters weirdly. Monsters? Because he says monsters. Monsters. It's really cute. I like it. What, monsters? Monsters. Yeah, I guess that's right. Well, hey, it's not like I'm saying uh, pillow and milk or, you know, things like that. Um, you know what? Language is just a, a tool of another tool of oppression or liberation, depending on how you want to use it. So, so we're actually recording on a bright and sunny Sunday morning. Yeah, you know we have a topically, we have a temporally relevant show, and we never say what the date is. It is currently Sunday, the twenty uh, first of March. Yeah, for posterity. But yeah, we usually record on. Uh, usually a Saturday night and uh, do all the editing on Sunday and the show comes out Sunday night. But uh, we are getting coffee drunk uh, as opposed to actual drunk uh, for this one. So we're, let's, uh, let's see what that does for us. I don't know if y'all can hear. We got some lively chickens outside the window of the studio. Yeah, they're wanting attention. They want to join the pod. They got some thoughts. And I should point out that the uh, thoughts and opinions of these chickens that you hear in the background do not reflect uh, the thoughts and opinions of KBSR or any of its constituent parts. Uh, we have this portion of the airwaves to air our grievances and let the chickens talk their mad crazy shit. Um, and uh, we're, we're thankful to KBSR for giving, that, giving us that freedom. I have an opinion. Yeah. I think we could solve the food insecurity issues in America by introducing shelter puppies and kitties into the food supply. Um, also, wait, what? Women's suffrage. Uh, a bridge too far? I think so. <laughs> Do you uh, disagree with my terrible opinions? Let us know. Hit us up at we're trying show at gmail.com uh, or we have an Instagram, Radio Gripe. TX. Uh, TX. Yeah. You fucking cowards. I know you won't, <laughs> but you can. When you, say, when you say a bridge too far, do you mean that the bridge is too far away for us to actually get across it? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. I wanted to start off with uh, not so much like a personal check-in, but just something that I noticed that I kind of wanted to talk about for a second. So as you all know, I am, a, I am an upstanding member of our Taylor, Texas Community Watch Facebook group. Um, I don't really actually get involved with it a whole lot because you're just kind of asking for trouble whenever you actually start talking on there. Uh, but yeah, I had, I had seen a post, uh, it was earlier this week, uh, and apparently there's been a slight gas shortage. And when someone brought it up in community watch, there was an all too common response to blame Joe Biden and the Democrats and the green new deal. Oh wait. Yeah. No Democrats. That is exactly what they said. 
yeah, some people use a lot of angry face emojis, and some people were guilt-tripping Democratic voters. Uh, and it seemed to be a very political topic, this uh, this gas shortage that was happening. I wasn't aware that there was a gas shortage. Yeah, I mean, it only was like a day or two, and uh, not every single place was affected. But uh, there was just not quite enough gas to go around. And a lot of people are like, well, I hope all you Democrats are fucking happy. This is what Joe Biden wants. I did want to take a moment to reach across the aisle to any Republicans that might be listening. I know there's probably not, but I want to explain the truth of the matter. So uh, shut your fucking brisket hole for a minute and listen. Uh, there was this massive winter storm just a month ago that uh, almost destroyed our electrical grid and threw nearly every aspect of industry off kilter and off schedule. Now, the supply of gasoline was still large enough to refill stations for a few weeks, but I should also mention that the panic buying of gas and other items that people were doing, because they literally live in a constant state of fear, will deplete that supply faster. Uh, and I don't want to talk down to the people of, of Texas. Most people around here know how this process works, but to be clear, uh, gasoline, the stuff you put in your lip smasher or mudfucker or whatever it is you've named your unimpressive truck, is a refined product. We take crude oil to a refinery, which does a lot of chemical wizardry, and they turn it into gasoline. So this process takes time, especially if the refineries are shut down temporarily or if transporting of materials is hindered because the entire state is covered in ice. Having a gas shortage caused by disastrous weather events is logical and easy to follow. But when you immediately start blaming people you don't like, who don't have any control over this private sector shit that we're talking about, then you out yourself as a scared little sheep. Joe Biden isn't sitting in the Oval Office cackling over the fact that you can't go mudding this weekend. It's just that you've been played into hating him regardless of his actions. And I kind of get it. Like, you feel powerless, you feel targeted, and you want to believe that you're some kind of hero because you live in a constant state of reactionary fear. I'd really appreciate it if you would stop being such cowards and just join the modern world. We could do some really great things if you would stop the tantrums and grow up. You're so, here. You're here. Yeah. Don't. And that's. And I've been seeing a lot of stuff that I kind of like follow this vein in the community watch of people who hear something and without having any facts about it whatsoever, just want to immediately blame people that they don't agree with politically as if it's a concerted act to inconvenience them or fuck their lives up. It doesn't take a lot of effort to um, try to, to uh, dig for a little information and discover the reasons for behind really anything that you want to complain about. Um, I, I think step one is figuring out the actual reasons and um, step two is, is uh, complaining about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, I, I think a supply shortage is uh, weeks after the uh, weather event is a highly predictable outcome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've been trying to keep my tank full in for weeks in anticipation of a gas shortage. On, on a side note for what you're saying there, this is something that I actually read just this morning uh, when it comes to uh, going going online and asking some questions and getting some information. Uh, some, some cutting edge, some bleeding edge, breaking news is uh, there is... There is somebody that's kind of poised to uh, take over QAnon followers and kind of make a new movement. Tucker Carlson. No. Um, look, I'm not going to talk about fuckface. That's that's my cute nickname for him. We're friends. Uh, but we're, we've kind of had a falling out. He's not returning my calls. Um, He's very busy. I could call him and talk about the news. I could be calling up former President Trump and asking him what's on the horizon. Uh, I'm not bragging. This is just a state of fact. 
Yeah. I, I have connections, but this isn't about that. No, there's a guy in Germany who's an art dealer. Uh, I forget his name. Kind of doesn't matter. Um, but he is starting up uh, this new platform that's called uh, like Simbac or something. And uh, it has some of your favorite QAnon hits of, uh, you know, the 2020 election being fraud, anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers, all of that good stuff. And he's got kind of a messianic complex. He's putting out these theories that... Uh, that a great figure will come up bearing these, uh, you know, 17 V-shaped scars on his arms and everything. What? And that's, that's so specific. Is that from a movie? That's from him because a few years ago he did an art thing where he cut a V-shaped scar into his arm for 16 days straight. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, he just went ahead and started putting it out there that he's going to be the messiah of this next, uh, this next group that's going to... I don't know, fucking awaken people. Now, is he sincere or is this another piece of performance uh, this, art? This guy is clearly a manipulator uh, who is, I don't know, I doubt that it's a piece of art because he's also, he is tied to a lot of kind of a, you know, a racist groups and everything over there in Europe. Uh, people in the UK, uh, there's a, uh, I forget the name of it, but there's an anti-fascist and anti-racist group that's over in the UK that's been calling him out for years for a lot of his rhetoric. So he's not coming forth at any point and saying that this is a character that he's adopting or some such like that. Like, this is who he is. You just, but you plant, you plant rumors that uh, the, the new Messiah is going to be a scarred up motherfucker uh -huh. while sitting on your own self-inflicted scars. You know, I was just, this reminds me of, uh, I was watching last night. Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, and Resistance. the Skex, the Skexy that's played by Simon Pegg, uh -huh, manipulative uh -huh. one with the whiny voice, is like about to start a disinformation campaign against one of the Gelfling, and he's like, "This is what I do. I've done it many times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I plant a seed and watch it grow, and that yeah, you start you, right. you start a story and you watch it grow. Um, yeah, a lot of people are have become very adept at that. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's happening a lot. And I mean, you know, we could kind of talk about Tucker Carlson. He's been you know, like really kind of doubling down on a lot of shit over the last few weeks uh, that we've not been covering news. But like I say, I kind of look, man, me and Tucker ain't going through such a good time right now. But uh, I will talk about somebody else here in a minute. But I'm going to break it up a little bit because I want to I want to do a little a little good news here and there. One thing also that I heard about in the news uh, on the International Space Station, uh, they had found four strains of bacteria in different places of the space station. Had you heard about this? No. So researchers from the U.S. and India working with NASA have discovered four strains of bacteria on the ISS, three of which were previously unknown to science. We have not seen them before. They were found in different parts of the ship uh, or the station. 
Um, one of them was on basically a kitchen table, like a dining surface. <laughs> cool. And um, so one of them is recognized and three of them are not, although they can kind of look at the way it's structured and find out that they are from they are all from the same family of bacteria and you can find these on earth in soil and fresh water and they're involved in nitrogen fixation plant growth and can help stop pathogens so this is not extraterrestrial ba bacteria no but it's just Bummer. incidentally we've never seen it on earth we've never like seen this part these particular strains and we're finding them in space on on like manned uh, space uh, stations cool and uh Manned people. That is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to think about that for a second again. Um, they are being analyzed uh, to hopefully isolate the genes responsible for those uh, beneficial traits. And compared to known bacteria here on terra firma, to perhaps one day assist in growing food in space for long-term missions. Uh, I want to say that the article that I read this from, uh, perhaps a little too optimistically, closes with. Just imagine the exciting spacefaring microbes we are yet to discover. Hmm. And I'll say that we have. It's typically a one-episode nuisance on Star Trek, sometimes two if it's really bad. Um, but I mean, yeah, really, the, the thoughts of discovering new microbes never seen by science or, or not previously known by science in space is actually a little terrifying if you think about it too much. Uh, as it happens, we found some some beneficial bacteria growing on the ISS that can deal with uh, artificial light, zero gravity, you know, and like kind of the, the harsh and sterile conditions that we keep up there. Mm. So that's really, really interesting. Uh, it, it is kind of some good news uh, insofar as the future of space travel is concerned. Yeah, I love it. And it made me think uh, a little bit deeper about this. And so I, I kind of went down a Wikipedia hole last night. Because it made me think about the, uh, the the honey mushroom up in Oregon. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's considered to be the largest living organism on Earth. The honey mushroom? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you, have you read about this? I have not. Uh, this is much in the same vein as... Uh, there's also somewhere, I want to say it's in uh, Asia, there's a forest that is essentially all one tree. It is one large root system and all these trees shoot up off of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's one tree that covers, you know, like acres and acres and acres. And I had heard that that was the largest living organism. Well, this one is a little bit larger. Uh, estimated by scientists as a contiguous specimen found in the Oregon Malheur National Forest covering 3.7 square miles. And it's colloquially called a humongous fungus. Um, it grows and spreads primarily underground, and uh, the bulk of the organism lies in the ground out of sight, making it invisible from the surface. And occasionally it just kind of pops up out of the ground. But it is one living organism that covers over three square miles. Hmm. Uh, they've said that, you know, it probably weighs about 440 tons. Hmm. Uh, no, wait, actually, let me get this wrong. Uh, there's a different one in northern Michigan that is estimated to weigh 440 tons. The one in Oregon is estimated to weigh as much as 35,000 tons. That's enormous. Yeah, it's 3.7 square fucking miles of mushroom. I have a question. Yeah. Can we eat it? Uh, from what I understand, it is not poisonous. Does it taste like honey? I don't know that, but probably. I mean, why would they call it the honey mushroom? But also going on from there... Uh, there is a colony of microbes as large as Greece that has been found on the ocean floor. 
This is uh, purported to be perhaps the oldest living organism on Earth because it exists in a place with no light and no oxygen. And so it lives off of uh, little pieces of nitrogen and different things. It's off the west coast of South America, and uh, scientists believe that it could be directly descended from some of the earliest life forms to have evolved. Uh, they refer to it as a microbial mat, and it's uh, deep in a layer of seawater that is deprived of light and oxygen, and uh, it can eat hydrogen sulfide, and it breathes nitrates, is what they say. They say that this uh, first evolved into its form about 3 billion years ago, uh, when there was no oxygen on the planet whatsoever. So it actually evolved uh, in this uh, hypoxic or like anoxic uh, state. Um, before there was even the, the stuff that the planet has now, which is allowed life to really flourish. Huh. Uh, yeah, big as fucking Greece. And it just it's just chilling down there on the seafloor. So we know that things like fungus and bacteria, some of the oldest forms of life on the planet, uh, can actually be considerably large and, uh, you know, uh, life uh, finds a way uh, in one way or another. That's reassuring. Yeah. But also in the news, now I talked about how uh, there's this, uh, you know, German dude who's trying to pick up the QAnon banner and take him to uh, a whole new fucking promised land or whatever. Um, subsequently, in the news of other people who are total assholes uh, moving into the future, we got Milo Yiannopoulos? Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos. Uh, why are we talking about that shit? Milo, Milo, Milo. He's announced that he's ex-gay. Oh, okay. And you heard. Uh, yeah, he has demoted his husband to the role of housemate and has uh, stated his plans as, well, he said this, given my new spiritual preoccupations over the next decade, I would like to help rehabilitate what the media calls conversion therapy. Uh Man, this sounds like a desperate ploy for relevance. This is bad, yeah. I, I don't... I have trouble believing that he's sincere about any of this. But. I mean, so, well, he's calling his bullshit reparative therapy, right? Uh, which is really just as worrisome as conversion therapy. It still doesn't sound good, you know? So here's the thing. We're not gonna we're not gonna platform this troll. He's admitted. I'd that platform he's... his husband. Um, <laughs> if the husband wants to come on, that'd be great. Yeah, man, I'd love to love to hear from him. But Milo is, has admitted that he's a troll from the start. Uh, his gay persona was all about owning libs, and he's said this in the past that this is something he's adopted to enrage uh, the left. He really wanted to be the gay poster boy or gay mascot for the far right, and. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. It's, it's a club that you're never going to be fully a member of right. if, um, you, 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 if you're gay. Yeah. So he's moving away from that and he's, he's made a name for himself and now he's trying to rally a little bit and be a little bit more in the club, it sounds like, right? And the online gay community is celebrating his departure. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> sure. They are super happy about him not being gay anymore. So well, long, farewell, wish you well. Yeah, sure. Uh, what I'm really noticing about his statements, though, is his dexterity when it comes to manipulative dog whistles and rhetoric. Uh, I think that Milo, like many people that have gained notoriety over the last few years, he's thinking about the long game. Uh, he sees the resurgence of fascism. He sees an angry populace looking for easy answers. And like the fucking parasite he is, he's lashing on and making sustenance from our waste matter. Uh, he's trying to make sure that there's vile, hateful shit in the world because that's the only chance he has for surviving. And being seen, 
being a topic that people are forced to discuss. That's the only thing that really matters to him. He doesn't have anything to contribute to the world other than exploiting people's fears. And so I kind of want to cut it there because it's like, why do we have to talk about this? All you need to know is that he has been and continues to be a piece of shit. And that's just what it's going to be. a bad piece of news here's another good piece of news have you heard that uh doctors have confirmed uh the first case that we know of so far of a child being born with covid antibodies because the mother received a vaccine while pregnant oh awesome yeah they were able to find the antibodies in the uh, umbilical cord and uh some of the you know i, I want to say maybe the amniotic fluid or whatever uh there's a there's a problem where like this this vaccine is coming out really fast, so they haven't been able to do really long term studies and the effects of it and everything else. There is a possibility that it does still pose a risk for pregnant women, um, but we're not really seeing it so far. In fact, what we're seeing is, uh, you know, what they call like maternal inoculation or whatever. Whenever a pregnant mother is is exposed to something and her body will create antibodies and then pass it on. Uh, to the child in the womb. And we have already seen uh, women who have been previously infected with COVID and then had children, and those children are also born with the antibodies. But this is the first time we're seeing it happen because of uh, a vaccination. And I think that's that's pretty damn interesting. Like already, you know, uh, the human bodies are, are doing what they uh, do, and they're they're trying to figure out how to like adapt to the world and kind of move on. And don't, don't confuse that with me saying that your immune system is just as God intended and that we don't need all of this stuff. No, it's, we totally need vaccinations. We totally need all of these things. Uh, no arguments here. Yeah. So, but I, I do think that it's really fascinating, uh, that it's, it's moving on like that. Yeah. That's super cool. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy to look back at this last year and now we're looking at the, if not, you know, permanent eradication of this uh, virus, the, you know, uh, the serious curbing of this virus um, with the vaccine rollout. When you think about it, a year is not, it's not that long. No, no, not long at all. Yeah. What was that that you said last night? Somebody was saying online, how is it uh, the last year has been 10 years long and yet 1992 was 10 years, was like one year ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the brain works. Uh, it does funny things with time. Yeah, uh, it uh, actually just. And that's early. for you Gen Xers and elder millennials out there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you're 16, 1992 feels like the 60s felt to me when I was <laughs> a kid. Um, it might as well be the 1860s. Oh Jesus, yeah. Oh yeah, that's we. You know, we grew up at a time when uh, the Wonder Years. And that, that 60s nostalgia was still pretty popular. Yeah, and it's, it's weird that that was like what was being presented to us as like, you know, oh, you know, this is the important stuff to know about America and American culture and everything. It's like, actually, that's 
pretty outdated. It's it's good to know those things and what life was like, but let's go ahead and, and move on past that and admit to where we are now. Fox News appeals to Gen X for help. Gen oh. X tells Fox News where to stick it. <laughs> oh, God. It's our boy Ted Cruz. Oh, God. That's right. I heard a little bit about this, but not a lot of details. Up ahead. Plus, cancel culture is spreading like wildfire. There is now a call for Generation X, that is X, to lead the charge to save America from the social media mob. Can they do it? What, is that Nickelback or something? What? I guess they're playing Nickelback to inspire <laughs> Gen X to uh, still missing the point. Rally. <laughs> Still can't um, even get the stings right. Uh. Yeah. Uh, many Gen Xers were quick to point out that the prime Fox News demographic today were the adults of the 70s and 80s who attempted to restrict or ban everything mm. from rap to heavy metal music to video games to Dungeons and Dragons. Comic books. Fucking cartoons. Yeah. Fucking everything. What did I say about Ted Cruz? Did he have a tweet here? Oh, Ted Cruz shared that link from Fox. So, yeah, guys, Ted Cruz... Uh, he's our Gen X leader, I guess. Hmm. I'm just, I'm looking at some of these fucking tweets here. Gen X was born canceled. No pity, motherfuckers. I've seen them try to cancel food stamps, unions, social security, Medicare, heavy metal, hip hop, Dungeons, Dragons, video games, and even French fries. I do remember this. Oh, yeah. Kiss my Gen X ass. Man, you fucking assholes. That's Um, right. You tried to cancel French fries. Gosh, I'd sure look freedom fries. Freedom fries. Gosh, I'd sure like to, but my brain is still too poisoned by all that heavy metal music and (laughs) D&D devilry in the 80s to make anything I do be be very effective. Uh, This guy, I love this guy. There's a Donald J. Trump, and you know what? Cancel culture is very bad right now, and only Generation X can save us. I'm calling on all the sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wastoids, dweebies, and dickheads. You know what? We think you are righteous dudes. So get down there and scream about little action figures and little puppets to help Ted Cruz feel pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's fucking ridiculous. And that's, I mean, again, that's just, uh, that's kind of the signature of, you know, uh, I hate, I hate to be so like simple about it or reductive, but that's kind of the signature of the right is like, just not ever getting the fucking point, you know, and just just not even really understanding <laughs> it's like you know generation x there's there's a whole lot of them now they're getting older and surely they're getting more conservative uh we should call on them to assist us in in our fight not remembering that they've they've already made them uh kind of victims of the same thing that they're yeah it's fucking stupid i, I will not be manipulated by oldsters okay no nah, man like uh i I think that we're both And I'm not I'm not trying to become a self-serving manipulative oldster either. Yeah. I think that we are we are both as we're getting on in years are getting a little bit more bitter and everything else, but that doesn't mean that we're going to what start leaning right and railing against minorities or some shit, you know. Uh we've we've kind of been steeped uh in this world our entire life is like we've been pegged as outsiders and no. we've not been listened to. And uh, we're just well you say we. I, you're an elder millennial. I'm a youthful Gen X, or very, very youthful. Big, big difference. <laughs> but yeah, uh, also I'm very, very elder. <laughs> yeah, if you find that if you find that you're crossing the the, uh, the 
crossing over into 40 and you have somehow jettisoned your empathy somewhere along mm-hmm. the way, it's time to uh, go off into the mountains and do some soul searching, uh, listen to some loons, yeah. whatever. Take a good hard look at yourself, figure out where you went wrong. Yeah. Go search for Bigfoot. Don't come back till you find him. Mm. Of course, uh, one other thing from the news over the last week that we need to mention, and this one's uh, a little bit rougher, uh, we have heard about the uh, shooting spree that happened in uh, Atlanta, I want to yeah. say, of uh, this this uh, white guy that went around to some massage parlors and was targeting uh, Asian women and uh, I, b- I believe killed eight people. And he was obviously taken into custody with no incident. Now, of course, there's the there's the painting. Usually, usually these people shoot themselves or are shot by cops. Oftentimes. In those instances. Yeah. This guy is obviously being kind of painted uh, in, in right-wing media as, you know, oh, he was a sex addict and like, oh, you know, society just didn't do right by this guy and well, everything. I, yeah, and, I, this is an instance where a Georgia sheriff came out at a press conference and mm-hmm. said, this guy had a bad day Yeah, and uh, said <laughs> he was a sex addict. Uh, uh-huh. These are his motivations, is that he's a sex addict and he resents the existence of these tempting uh, massage par- parlors that arouse his uh, loins and make it difficult for him to control his sexual urges. Not that we've never seen a shooting that was motivated by misogyny. Mm. Um I think we can safely say that that's an element here. Um, no, yeah, this uh, certainly a a poor understanding of the dynamics that led to this shooting uh, from this sheriff, who it later turns out is himself uh, a, a racist and mm-hmm. has shared uh, memes. Uh, well, anti-Asian sentiments. Anti-Asian sentiments yeah. on his Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like this was a clear case of misogynistic white supremacy fantasy kind of being acted out. You know, I, I think that's pretty clear. Um, I mean, this is, this sort of thing is the inevitable outcome of a full year of really ramping up Mm anti-Asian rhetoric and hostility. And you've been seeing a rise over the last year um, a rise in hate crimes committed against Asian Americans. Yeah. We explore the response to the rising violence against Asian Americans with Democratic Congresswoman Judy Chu of California. She is the chair of the Congressional Asian Pacific American Caucus. How do you lay the blame at the feet of President Trump? There's no question that he did call it the China virus repeatedly. We also know that there's been an anti uh, Asian American uh, thread running through much of American history, going back to the internment, the Japanese internment camps around World War II, uh, and even earlier than that. Well, we do know that uh, Asian Americans and Asian businesses were starting to experience um, dirty looks and and ugly rumors in, around January before Donald Trump uh, accelerated his rhetoric. Uh, But it was in March when he started calling it the China virus and Wuhan virus, even though the CDC and the World Health Organization warned not to use such terms because of the stigma that it would have to those from different geographical locations and those with specific ethnicities. So they knew that it would cause harm. 
And in fact, we, the Congressional Asian Pacific Caucus, did numerous things, press conferences, statements, letters to them, to have them seize using these terms because of the harm that it would cause Asian Americans. Instead, Donald Trump doubled down on the usage of it, using it even more and saying it at all his rallies and having all his Republican followers say it. As a result, we saw anti-hate slang and rhetoric increase by 900% on Twitter and anti-Asian hate crimes increased by 150% in major Asian cities during this time period. So I do lay this straight at the feet of Donald Trump. Congresswoman Judy Chu of California, thank you very much for talking with us. Thank you so much. There was another one that was just a few days after this. In fact, uh, in San Francisco, uh, there was a 76-year-old woman and she was standing on a street corner and a 39-year-old white guy just came up and just socked her in the face entirely unprovoked you know and like gave, gave her a black eye and you know kind of messed her up a little bit but you were telling me that she <laughs> that the way the story ends picked up a stick and she started going after him and the pictures that i saw is that this dude's on a stretcher with a bloodied face and she, she beat the shit out the of the cops are like trying to like peel her off and like <laughs> she was she was yelling at him in cantonese like why are you bullying me you know uh and rightly so and yeah, she she had every fucking right to defend herself, and that's what I would say to anybody uh, who, when you see this happening, not only not only defend yourself, but also stick up for other people. This is fucking wrong. Can and we... I think that we need to call on society a little bit more to look out for those of us who are being targeted. No, you're absolutely right, and that's the main takeaway. But at the risk of mispronouncing this particular badass's name, uh, I'm going to say Zhao Zhen. She is our badass of the week. Badass. Yep. Yeah, and so that's something that we're probably going to have to get into a little bit deeper for maybe like next week. I know that already there are some organizations coming together to uh, not just spread awareness, but help, you know, like raise funds uh, for some people are dealing with hospital bills after being attacked and everything else. Uh, yeah, so look out for those campaigns of, of raising awareness about hate against Asian people, Asian Americans. Hey everybody, Joe here, hopping in with your station break for this week. Uh, We just want to take a moment to say thank you for listening to our show and thanks for listening to KBSR. As you know, Black Sparrow Digital Radio is fully independent. We help keep things going with our Patreon community and uh, you can be a part of that. You can go to blacksparrowmusicparlor.com, look for the Patreon link there. And from that website, you can also stream the radio uh, 24 hours a day. There's an app for it, you know, in your uh, Google Play Store or Apple Store or what have you. Uh, but yeah, you can always just go from the browser also. Also this week, I just want to throw out there, uh, if you do want to uh, contribute to uh, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, uh, there's a whole lot of ways. Uh, I actually just did a Google search for donate to AAPI and uh, led me to a New Yorker magazine uh, website that had 60-something different uh, organizations that you can uh, kind of find something that's a little bit more targeted. Um, I'm going to point out the APALA. Uh, that's the Asian Pacific American Labor Alliance. 
And uh, of course, we've got Red Canary Song. Uh, it's a grassroots collective of uh, Asian and migrant sex workers or organizing transnationally. And also uh, Tsuru for Solidarity, that's T-S-U-R-U for Solidarity.org. Uh, yeah, but there are, uh, there are a whole host of organizations that you can uh, find pretty easily online and donate. I would, I would recommend going for uh, organizations that are looking for legislative uh, avenues to try and make sure that there are laws protecting Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Uh, go out there and give, y'all. Also, I need to say thanks to Trevor and the Mental State Fair for the use of our theme song, Dying in Texas. Some awesome stuff. You can find him on Bandcamp. And uh, also, a Spectrostatic, which you can find on Bandcamp, Spotify, and uh, all manner of things. Uh, if you go to his website, you can find a whole lot of vinyls of all of his stuff. It's really awesome. If you uh, got some music you want to send to us, we're always interested in hearing it. And uh, you can reach out to us for anything, uh, whether it's the conversations that we're having or whatnot. Uh, that's we're trying show at gmail.com, or you can do us up on Instagram. It's Radio Gripe TX. And uh, yeah, you'll get all, all kinds of fun memes and stuff if you do that on the Instagram. Go ahead and go give us a follow. Uh, so I'm going to let you get back to the show, but I am going to remind you, uh, you're probably not hearing a whole lot of what we're talking about when we talk about the music on this episode. Uh, we are going to be doing a Patreon exclusive where we talk about rock music from the 2000s. And uh, we're going to kind of debate whether or not rock really died or if it kind of kept kicking. Uh, we want your thoughts on that. Let us know what some of your favorite bands are or if you think they all suck. All right, well, with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and let you get back into the show. Hey, does anybody know what they're shooting around here lately? I'd love to hear it. I was coming up the country road into Taylor yesterday. And I don't know if this is related or not, but I saw three vintage VW vans uh, in succession. And I was wondering if uh, those were have been spotted around town and if they might be part of the production. Or maybe it's just a weird coincidence. Hmm. I know that they were filming some uh, an episode or two of the new Walker Texas Rangers series here. I don't know if that would be related because I think they wrapped that up already. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. They've had some lights on the church up the road lately. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I know that, yeah, people have come here to feel to film a lot of uh, Fear the Walking Dead and now Walker, Texas Ranger. There's uh, Transformers did a little bit Anything of filming here years related back. to a walking uh, or... Walking or walkers. Robots that walk. Trans- cars that, be, that rise up and begin walking. Transformer, Texas Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'd watch that at least at least a couple episodes. Cars that grow legs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you say it like that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's going to be most of the show. We kind of wanted to just drop a quick news blast and check in on some of the stuff. Uh, like I said, this is Sunday morning. We got to rush through the editing and post and get this up for you tonight. Uh, we'll spend a little bit more time maybe next week really kind of getting into stuff. We'll have some drinks and get rowdy on the next episode. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll keep doing this Sunday morning coffee thing because I kind of like this energy. But here's here's what I'm going to say. Something that I'm doing for this episode, radio listeners, maybe you've noticed, there's a reason for this. And this is my call to you for next week's show or for perhaps even a bonus Patreon episode. So Jen and I have had a conversation a couple of times in the past, and I'm not trying to put you on blast here, but you have said... That meaning me, 
Yes. Uh, in, in the post 9 11 uh, American culture, uh, we kind of lost anything good musically, and that there wasn't really anything that good that came out of the aughts. Well, I mean, I'm not saying nothing good you, you came said, out of the odds. You said not much. Uh, like I, you, I think I said specifically that rock music died. And you had yeah, some art yeah. rock going on. You had the yeah, yeah, yeahs and well, just, arcade fire. Um, so during this episode, I'm, I'm playing some songs at some of my picks uh, from the aughts uh, for rock. And some of the stuff kind of me, my, my rebuttal to that, bring it back. My, my musical rebuttal to that statement. So what's going to happen is we're going to have this episode out and Jen will have a chance to listen to it uh, <laughs> instead of me just springing this on her. This is the only way he can get me to listen to rock music from the odds. <laughs> and this so, whole thing has been contrived to do that. And so we'll come back later uh, with Jen's thoughts on all the music that we've had here. And you, maybe you'll have some stuff that you want to pull out some examples to, you know, and we this can is fun. we can get into a larger conversation about uh, music from the odds, specifically rock and whether or not it actually died in the 90s or if it's if it was kind of still kicking for a while. And this isn't to say where it stands now <laughs> in 2020, uh, but, you know, for a, a decade or so ago, I am, I am of the camp that some good stuff was still coming out. Uh, not all good stuff. <laughs> not all of it was good. But uh, there, I think that there's more than maybe you give it credit for. All right. Yeah. And so y'all get at us at uh, we're trying show at gmail.com or on that radio gripe TX on Instagram and let us know fucking cowards about the music that we're playing here and and what you would like to hear. And let us know if you like uh, that format and if you want to hear some more of that stuff. Like I say, this might be a Patreon exclusive bonus episode. So if you're really digging this and you're hearing this on the pod, go get on that Patreon and uh, you'll you'll start to get. Uh, bonus stuff is kind of my plan. I want to do more stuff uh, like like we did for the last couple of weeks where we talked about horror movies. I want to be able to talk about, you know, art and culture that we appreciate instead of just always uh, hitting the headlines because that shit can be rough and taxing. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you got? You want to say anything? Call people cowards again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I uh, let's see. It's it's ten twenty. We've been talking for about an hour. Just yeah, yeah. Um, I got some dirt to dig around, root around in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna call it. Yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, go check out all our social medias. Go check out our musicians uh, that that help us put this show together, and go check out everything else on KBSR. And uh, yeah, reach out to us, you fucking cowards. <laughs> Rule of threes. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye.